Well, again, just so amazing to have you guys here. Fantastic to be uh, celebrating baptisms together and to be uh, just walking in these incredible moments with, uh, with some beautiful people. That's the, the beautiful part of church and what the journey is for us is that we're actually seeing uh, life transformation. Uh, it sort of brings us to that sort of question uh, that we sort of wrestle with as, as people, and, and especially if you're a newcomer or you're a person who uh, has been in church for a long time, or your background is that you're an unchurched person, you haven't uh, had a journey of faith, that you're, you're checking all of this out and trying to figure it out. Uh, the question is, is this crazy thing that Christians claim happened, uh, that Jesus was born and lived and walked and then died and then came back to life, What's the relevance of that? Like, what, what does it mean? Like, what did it actually mean for my life? It was so long ago. Uh, what, what's the point of it? And what I want to do is I want to just walk us through, thank you, uh, just walk us through just a little bit uh, in the New Testament, in particular from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. So if you had your Bibles with you, you could turn to that. Just going to read a brief text. This will be a fairly brief message. And uh, just walk us through um, a couple of thoughts around the relevance of the resurrection. Uh, let's just read together 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, when, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, and to the twelve. After that, he appeared uh, to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles together. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. So Paul is writing to a church in Corinth uh, some years after uh, the, the works and acts of Jesus. And what he's doing to them is he's, he's, he's saying, listen, this story I'm telling you, this incredible uh, presentation of the gospel, this amazing stuff that Jesus did, there are people who witnessed it. There are people who saw it with their own eyes. And let me give you the list. Let me give you the list of people who saw this. Cephas saw it. Uh, the 12 saw it. More than 500 of the brothers and sisters saw it at the same time. Uh, most of them are still living. He's saying that so that uh, people who are hearing this in Corinth will know the story and know who to go and talk to and know who to hear uh, from that this actually happened. Like, go and talk to my, my cousin's sister's aunt. She was there when this happened, and she saw it. You want to, should I grab the handheld or maybe? Um, so, so this person saw it. This person witnessed it. This person actually saw it happen. James saw it. All of the apostles, uh, it's just an interesting little note theologically, uh, the 12 saw it. So Jesus, 12 apostles. And then later in the list, he lists all the apostles saw it. So speaking to other people who were doing apostolic ministry uh, beyond what the Jesus, the 12 apostles were doing. And of course, to me, Paul, uh, Jesus saw uh, Paul, uh, or, or Paul saw Jesus on the road to uh, Damascus and was literally... Uh, had this incredibly powerful encounter with the presence of Jesus in that moment. 
And so uh, what, what he's doing is he's citing the reality of these events, that these are historical things that happened. Uh, I want to point you to a book. It was a really important scholarly work that was written in 2006 by a guy named Richard uh, Bauckham, who basically looked at all of the evidence of the eyewitnesses of Jesus' uh, resurrection and, and analyzed it. Like, who knew who? Who was connected to who? How are all these names connected with people uh, in and around the time in the first century? How are those names connected with people uh, who were movers and shakers in the early church in the first two or three hundred years of the church? How did that testimony get transmitted? And what, uh, what Richard Bauckham says is this. He says, Jesus' story wasn't told by anonymous community transmission, but by the continuing presence and testimony of the eyewitnesses who remained the authoritative sources of their traditions until their deaths. So this wasn't just stories that were just passed around like, like ghost stories at the fireside uh, roasting marshmallows. These are people that uh, those who'd heard uh, could go and talk to, could go and interview, could go and connect with. Uh, they were authorities on the life of Jesus because they'd seen it. And the apostles were constantly pointing them to those people saying, hey, go chat with that person. Because uh, that guy saw it, and he'll tell you all about it. So there's a reality there. And the way Richard uh, Bauckham does that is when he's analyzing he's, it, it, he says this, by the most rigorous scientific standards, the memories of the eyewitnesses of the history of Jesus score very highly by the criteria for likely reliability that have been established by the psychological study of recollective memory. So uh, that's, a, that's a field of study that's used in criminology and used uh, in, by lawyers and psychologists to determine were people's memories and testimonies of events that happened valid. And by every scientific measure, what we see as testimonies in the New Testament in the life of the early church through the first several centuries of the life of the church are valid testimony scientifically they make sense so the question then is if this actually happened if Jesus actually was resurrected bodily from the grave three days buried and now alive and walking about and talking with people how is that relevant what does that mean well it means a lot uh, Jesus because Jesus demonstrated his authority over death and he offers uh, his life to you, right? When you follow Jesus, if you understand that even from a first century perspective, if you're going to follow Jesus, you get what he gets. You get what happened to him. That is something you get to take on. That's a part of your journey, a part of your life. So if Jesus exercised authority over death, you get to exercise authority over your own self-destructive patterns and behaviors. You are not bound to do the things that you do and that I do that destroy us. That there is power for you to live separate from your addictions. There is power for you to live separate from your patterns uh, that are breaking you, that are hurting you, that are holding you back. The resurrection of Jesus means that that's a real deal for you. You can live differently than you have before. So ask yourself this question, how would your life be different if you could just stop uh, over time, doing the things that hurt yourself and that hurt others. Like, how would your life be different? You guys all know the habits that you're continually stuck in. I know the habits that I'm continually stuck in. I know the stuff that I wrestle with. 
But if we understand the power of the resurrection of Jesus, we can grow from this point into a place of continuing health and begin to do life in a radically new way. We can be free. So the resurrection means you can be free. Because Jesus returned from death, you can count on a reunion with believing loved ones that you've lost. Jesus came back from the grave. That's something that his followers get to experience. How many of you think about uh, loved ones that you've lost, people that you cared for? I've been at some of the funerals we've had in this community. I grieve the, the passing of my own mom uh, 10 years ago almost. Uh, that whole journey that we wrestle with, that whole uh, thing that we have of experienced pain and loss in life. Because Jesus is resurrected from the grave because he's alive and he's now participating in creating a new world and we get to participate in that with him. We get to see pain and sorrow undone. There will be no more pain, no more sorrow. Every tear will be wiped away and joy will come. So imagine that for you. This is speaking in generalities, but imagine that for you. How would your life be different if you knew there would be an end to the grief and pain that you've experienced and that you didn't have to carry it with you into eternity? You would live lighter. You would live more joyful. You would live more hopeful. That's what the resurrection of Jesus offers to you. An incredible new way of living, an incredible way of living with hope, an incredible way of living with joy through suffering and uncertainty. Because Jesus is still alive, you can be led by the most amazing leader to ever walk the planet. Jesus is alive, and he's interacting through his Holy Spirit with you and with me, and he's intending to give us direction, to tell us where to go, to give us guidance for our lives, to know what our career ought to be, to know who we ought to marry, to know uh, what we ought to do with our time, that he wants to have a living and active relationship with you in this tank. Just a few moments ago I asked, are you willing to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And people said, yes, I'm willing to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lord means leader. Are you willing to follow Jesus as your leader? And because of the resurrection, he is alive and interacting with you, and he wants to lead you into goodness. We're amassing a list of amazing, beautiful things that have come to us through the resurrection. Uh, because Jesus is still alive, like, what would your life be like if you could begin being confident that he had a direction and a plan for your life and that he would communicate that to you through his scriptures and through uh, his Holy Spirit? How much stress would that take out of your life if you could find your next steps by interacting with Jesus? What an incredible thing that he wants to lead us like that, uh, lovingly and in a caring way. Uh, because Jesus is still at work in the world, you can share in his purpose-filled mission and work. Right? The stuff that he is doing in the world, the stuff that he wants to accomplish in the world, he intends to accomplish through you. He intends to accomplish through your hands and through your feet. He intends for you to go through the world and do the stuff that he's doing, uh, to exercise his heart, uh, to express his heart, to express his love, to ultimately shine a light in all the dark places of the world and bring the powerful love of Jesus into pain and darkness.
It's his mission to reach his world. And everywhere you go in your career, whatever piece it is, uh, whether you're a carpenter, whether you're a plumber, whether you're uh, a teacher, whether you're an engineer, whether you work for the federal government, every place you go, you're meant to carry the vocation of Jesus to bring his light and love and glory and beauty into those difficult places that your workplace, wherever you go, is meant to become a brighter, shining, more joyful, wonderful place simply because you're there, because Jesus is going with you wherever you go. So to ask the question personally, how would your life be different if you knew that your activities had a glorious, eternal purpose? Wouldn't it be a little easier to get up in the morning? <laughs> right? There's a purpose for you and a plan for you. He has something amazing for you to do. And that's because he is alive. He didn't die. He didn't stay in the tomb. He is alive and at work in his world through you. It's amazing. Uh, because Jesus rose from the grave, you know it can happen for you too. Uh, when we follow him, we get what experience he had. We get what happened to him. He didn't intend to just do this as something meant only for him. He meant to bring the humans he loves and that love him with him. That means that when you face criticism, when you face judgment, when you face persecution, when you face trial, when you face sickness, every struggle you face, when you face risk and danger in your life, you know that at the end result of your story, whether you live or die, so important for the early Christians, right? They were literally persecuted for saying that they were Christians and believers and followers of Jesus. They were literally led uh, into Colosseums to be eaten by lions, right? Like real deal. You can be a risk taker in a completely new way. You don't have to be afraid uh, of, of cancer. You don't need to be afraid of uh, traveling uh, to Africa to do something amazing for God. You don't need to be afraid of, uh, of going out in the rain uh, to proclaim his glory on the streets to people who are sick and dying. You don't need to be afraid of going into uh, camps where people are struggling with, with diseases in the developing world. You don't need to be afraid of that. You can spend your life. This period of time that we're living is a short, small, determined period of time. And and you can die. Anything can happen to you in this narrow window of time when we're alive. And you can ultimately be resurrected and live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever in a glorified body that doesn't have quite like a, a better BMI, I'm pretty sure, than what I'm, I'm, I'm packing right now. Right? <laughs> like, come on! He's alive! Jesus is alive! This changes everything. It changes the way we live. We live as risk takers. We don't have to be afraid. We spend our lives on the kingdom because Jesus is alive. You're free from fear, free from doubt, free from shame. He's alive. Imagine what your life is like if you had no fear of physical pain or death. Wouldn't you live a completely different way if physical pain and death meant nothing to you? Poverty meant nothing to you. It's so challenging for us because we guard our lives, our resources, our wealth so cautiously, but they're meant to be spent. 
It's a radically different way that the church lived because they knew that their time on earth was, was a blink and that they had all of eternity before them. They were free. Because Jesus is alive, you can have an active living friendship with him today and know that he will always be there for you. All of this other stuff aside, you have someone who will be with you. You do not have to fear rejection. You do not have to fear criticism. You do not have to fear uh, relationships that are broken. Uh, through all of the pain that we experience humans with imperfect relationships, rejection, uh, old church by, uh, hurts by the church, all of that stuff, we have Jesus as our friend, as our intimate friend living with us. How would your life be different if you had no fear of being alone? If you had no fear that your emotional needs wouldn't be met? Jesus wants to meet you and walk with you and journey with you. And I think that we as Christians, even those of us who've been believers for a long time, have just barely scratched the surface of the understanding of the resource that's available to us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's a new way to live, and there's new freedom, and there's new joy, and new capabilities. You have power to start winning against destructive behavior. Every bit of grief and pain you've experienced will turn to joy. Life direction and coaching from God himself. Meaningful world-changing vocation. Physical health and safety that while in the short term we may experience pain will ultimately be forever life in glorified, wonderful, healthy bodies and the most loving and faithful friend ever. That's what comes to us through the resurrection. I'm in. <laughs> Come on! I'm in! Are you in? Like, this is an amazing deal. Like, come on. Like, come on. This is an amazing thing that he's done for us. He loves you so much. He wants so much for you. How do you sign up? Thank you so much, children. You're being so amazing. <laughs> you believe. That's how you sign up. You believe. And I'm going to quote this famous scripture that you all know so well, and I want us to hear it come to our hearts. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever believes in him. If you believe that he has done this for you and you simply accept this incredible gift that he has given and offered you, you get all of this. You get all of this. <laughs> like it's an amazing deal. So if you're here and you're wrestling with Christianity, is it relevant? Does this mean anything to me? Like, can I jump on the bus here? Like, what, what's the deal? Like, read Richard. Uh, talk to me. Talk to other believers who are, have wrestled through these different questions. But understand that there is something amazing and beautiful for you and for your life. 
And that's all that's required is for you to say, Jesus, I receive this incredible gift of salvation. I receive this incredible gift of my sins washed away. I receive this incredible gift of being made new and walking forward in new life. It's a gift that he is offering for you. Let's just stand up for a moment and pray. Lord, the, uh, the tomb is empty. It's amazing. No one found the body, but they saw you walking and talking. And I've encountered you, your presence, your friendship. And so many in this room have encountered your presence and your friendship and your love. And I pray for every person here who's wrestling with, could I accept, could I receive these incredible gifts? Would you just uh, speak to their hearts right now by the power of your spirit and invite them in to receive your incredible love? Invite them in and give them the courage to invite you in. If you're here this morning and you're saying, I need Jesus, I want this life, just open your heart to him and say, Jesus, 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 I need you. If you have wrestling to do uh, with all of that, if you have wrestling to do with your faith, if you have more questions, it's worth pursuing those questions because something really real happened here that radically changed the world. It's changed the lives of millions and millions and millions of people around the planet. They're set free. They're beginning to be made whole. Like Jesus is living in and through believers everywhere. And you've got to just talk to them. You've got to just follow. You've got to just ask the questions. So, Father, bless everyone here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.